Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Jeff Lester of Hunt Hard Outfitters. And uh, about a, two weeks ago we had done an episode with Jeff uh, just prior to the uh, Arizona uh, archery hunt starting. We were talking about Unit 1 and Unit 27. Jeff was also giving us the rundown in New Mexico. He had just finished uh, his first season over there and was just about to finish or start his second season. Uh, we're now recording this on the 26th of September, so uh, there are a few days left in the Arizona archery season, and then the early rifle hunts uh, start here uh, on uh, Friday. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. Right on. Since we last talked, uh, you were you were expecting good things out of New Mexico and Arizona, both as far as antler growth. Um, how did the season play out? I hear you guys had some weather and quite a bit of wind made things challenging. Yeah, um, so far, Arizona has been uh, pretty spot on. The rut's been pretty solid. Um, you know, of course, you have your down mornings and down evenings. Uh, other than the wind in Arizona on this side of the state, as well as western New Mexico, uh, we had about 10... 10 or 11 consecutive days of 20 to 30 mile an hour with some 40 mile an hour gusts. And it was prolonged. It was from morning, early morning. Uh, usually you get about an hour in the morning. And then it would start up around, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, the wind, and it wouldn't die down till dark. And it was... Was it, it the was, type of wind that... Jeff, was it the type of wind that it, you just, I mean, couldn't hear bugles and it was very hard to... Um, fine bulls, or, or was it a matter of, uh, you know, it was so windy that they just stayed down and, and weren't doing their normal pattern? No, they were still getting up and moving around. It was a warm wind. Um, it wasn't like a cold weather wind where you get that, you know, real frigid or anything, and, and we didn't get any rain in archery season. I think we had one storm in, in the three weeks of New Mexico, which is really rare. You always get some good weather. You know, I, I had my rain gear in my pack the whole the whole time, and there was one day when I was backpacked into the Gila that I left it at camp, and it rained on me that day. And wow. every other day, <laughs> I had it with me, and um, it was it was really it was hot and warm, and and uh, and then the wind. I've never seen the wind be prolonged like that. Like you might get a windy day, but I mean this was like almost like springtime winds. It just just real constant hard wind so we found ourselves i mean for myself where i was guiding and i was guiding in a really arid unit on the second hunt and we were hunting a really big bull uh that we were trying to get killed and it was hard to locate him because he wouldn't talk that much and then i figured out when i i got up high and started glassing for him almost like i was late hunting him and i would i found him and a number of times i would be within two or three hundred yards of the bull glassing him and I'd see him lay his head back and bugle, and I'd never hear him. Or it would just be such a faint whistle that, I mean, if I wouldn't have known where he was, I wouldn't even know which way to which direction to approach him, you know. And, um, you know, all the guides uh, had guys over in 16B, you know, and, and, and then 16A and different units across the, the state in the Gila, and they all really, you know, said it was just really, really bad windy, windy conditions. Um, 
so it made it for a pretty challenging hunt, you know, when you got guys and you're trophy hunting and you're singling out a specific bull, and then you stack uh, some of that, you know, con- those conditions on top of that. It makes pretty for a pretty difficult hunt. Um, we killed fifty uh, percent basically. We killed four for eight um, in the New Mexico archery season. Um, and you know, um, did you? Isn't fabulous for what we typically do, but I mean, you know, of course we were hunting. Um, you know, we had guys that were looking for, you know, that really upper class, age class bull, and and we passed a lot of bulls. Everybody had it was a hundred percent shooting opportunities. Um, everybody had, you know, numerous shots. Um, you know, and it just, you know, a lot of times when you're bow hunting, it there's, you know, the stars have to align. There's a lot of things that have to happen, and everybody has to connect. But across the board, I've heard of some really you know, really good, good bulls being killed, but not a lot of them. I think that there was, I think it was a, um, kill ratio was probably really off in New Mexico compared to normal. Um, a lot of the bulls, I know a couple outfitters that did really well on water, killed a lot of bulls on water. Um, and you know, other than that, I mean, it was, it was definitely not, uh, the rut action. It, It picked up in the, in the, we hunted. We did a ten-day hunt. It picked up in the second five days. It picked up pretty heavy. A lot of people went home because it was so tough. And as, as that pressure left, I really saw the rut action pick up in that in those last you know four days. You know. Speaking so, about New Mexico, I, I'm sure you also had some some missed shots uh, as well. Uh, but uh, speaking about New Mexico, with you, you know, not only your operation but uh, other outfitters and people you know, saying a pretty tough season. Uh, how does that play into uh, the the next hunts coming up? I believe there's what some muzzleloader hunts and some some yeah, early so we rifle start hunts. in New Mexico. You start. You have a your first season is mobility impaired as well as youth. Uh, you know the youth hunts that come up on the first. You know, basically, I'll start on the seventh this year. And then you'll have your two days off, and then another hunt follows up, and there's three hunts right in a row. So start on the 7th, um, five-day hunt, two days off, another five-day hunt, and then the same for the last week of October. And uh, I'm expecting it to be a really good season because I just know, I mean, we were hunting some really solid bulls. Horn growth looks awesome. There's some really solid bulls in a lot of the units we're hunting. So I'm expecting that in gun season we're going to be able to pay them back a little bit. But... um, it was uh, the bulls. There's nothing wrong with that. The the they. I mean the uh, the horn growth is excellent this year in both mm-hmm. both states. Um, we did have a lot of misses. We like I said, we had 100% shooting opportunity, and um, you know, not to say that you know it, it's just archery hunting. You know, I try to you try to keep clients um, on the the upbeat side of a miss you know everybody gets down on themselves um you know we know uh i have a friend who who uh does some you know does another you know runs a little bit of another outfit and and you know one of his hunters a guy he was guiding had you know six shots you know and seven shots and didn't connect and uh you know we're talking like under 50 yards and trying to keep people in that upbeat you know, positive go forward, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I know my hunter missed a, a pretty solid opportunity, a really nice 7x7, seven seven, and he kind of, you know, he was really, you know, I said, you know, you always you always play the missed shot over in your head. 
numerous times, and I said, and you will, especially if it's a big bull. But I said, it's part of archery hunting, and the best thing you can do is shrug it off. You know as well as I do, Jay, that it's not easy to do. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a bow hunter, you're going to miss. And it's a fact of life, you know, and I tell hunters a lot, you know, it's, sometimes it's better to shoot and miss than not shoot at all. You know, I've had guys freeze up and you, they, don't, they don't get the arrow, you know, out of the bow and, and you got to get, you know, so it's, it's part of it. And it's, as a guide and an outfitter, I always say that I take a thousand elk encounters in the woods that I've had and a hundred plus bow hunts I've been on because I, you know, I used to guide, you know, almost four, basically four hunts a year archery elk. And I've done that for 20 years. Um, back when we used to have the three seasons in New Mexico and then of course Arizona and stuff. And when you try to force feed somebody that's coming on their first or second elk hunt, because they, it takes, it's hard to draw the tags. So we're trying to force feed all this knowledge, wealth of information that we've taken all over the years, and we try to cram it into somebody that's on their first or their second elk hunt, how to move, where to set, uh, how to draw when a bull comes in, when to draw, um, what you can get away with, what you can't get away with. And you try to force feed this to someone, and we look at it like, oh, this is easy. But you know as well as I do, Jay, as much archery hunting elk as you've done, that that is knowledge that you have learned in the field over years of archery elk hunting. For sure. And Practical we, knowledge that you have, to, you have to learn by doing it. You, you can only hear about it so much, but you actually have to do it. Yes, you have to do it. And, and you know, we try to do our best at, at getting everybody prepared for that. Um, and it, and it's, it can be, you know, it can be discouraging. We had some hunters, you know, they got pretty discouraged when they made when they miss shots, but, you know, I tell guys, if you're, if you're really, really serious about killing big bulls, and you can afford it, and you, and you have the points, and you can draw these different states, you should be hunting multiple states, you should be trying to go on a, maybe an archery elk hunt every year, or every other year, because the more and more that you're in the, in the woods, and you're having those interactions with those elk, you will learn all this stuff, and even as many hunts as I've been on and as many bulls as I've taken personally with a bow and different things, I learn something every time I'm in the field. And, it, and, and you know, it's, it's good that people don't get down on themselves if they don't kill. It's not about the kill. You've got to be really concerned about the experience of the hunt and, and everything. Obviously, you guys just came back from a look like a pretty action-packed hunt in Montana. And, yep. you know, you you have those experiences and it doesn't always get put together you know um somebody you hunted with you know brendan burns um i i he had a tag down here in one of these units uh two years ago and and he was hunting a really big bull that we knew about and he actually got an arrow in that bull and that bull was later taken in the trophy hunt in the rifle hunt but you know i had talked to him about you know how he was having a kind of a tough time and brendan's an excellent hunter and you just, but you get in those places where the elk in Arizona, the elk in New Mexico, the elk in Nevada, the elk are a little different in every place. They do a little bit different stuff. They get bigger herds. They get more cows. Some don't. It's just a different. So of all the different places yeah. I've hunted, there's so much to know about it, you know. For sure. That's, that's really good advice. Um, 
So you think with archery success across the board probably being a little bit down, it will play well for those that have the uh, firearms permits. Um, looking at Arizona in Units 1 and 27, um, how, how has the archery hunt been there, and then what is your forecast uh, for uh, the early rifle um, in 1 and 27? And I'm not sure if one's a muzzleloader this year or not, but the, basically the firearm season that starts uh, here on Friday um, what are you expecting? You know, are bulls broken up, or are they held together pretty good? Like, what's your outlook? I haven't actually seen any broken bulls yet. Personally, I haven't seen a broke... Oh, I shouldn't say that. I saw a third busted off one bull in New Mexico. Other than that, everything was intact. Now, in Arizona, um, I know one of the big bulls that one of our uh, guides and client was hunting, uh, he fought another bull, and they watched him fight, and he broke like three times off in that fight. Wow. Um, so they watched him get broken up pretty hard. Um, our Arizona guys killed out fairly quick. They shot good bulls, not great bulls. Uh, they were, you know, from the East Coast, and they just said, we want solid six-by-sixes. And the first six-by they had, they, they smoked. And, <laughs> you know, I, we try to push them to some guys, you know, to trophy hunt. But at the end of the day, if the client's happy, we're happy. Um you know, of course, we like to try to hunt that upper age class, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have a smile on my face if I have a happy client, so it's hard to, it's hard, and if, if it's someone's first elk or even their second elk, you know, the trophy is in the eye of the beholder. You know, some of my, I can remember two of my most memorable deer hunts when I was a kid, or even now, all the way back, they were not trophies by any means, and one of my most memorable archery elk kills was not a trophy by any means you know it was a 300 inch bull and so you know i think as a as a whole we've gotten pretty trophy oriented and we put a lot of emphasis on that and um you know at the end of the day everybody is not interested in that and um you know having just a good solid hunt is important to a lot of people as well so so, you know, your successes have to be measured in, in some different ways sometimes when it's according to, um, you know, what you came to do, you know. Absolutely. For sure. That's a good outlook on it. Um, it do you think uh, the success in Unit 27 and Unit 1, have you heard of a bunch of big bulls being killed or have you heard it being just an average season uh, no, across um, the board? Very few I, I did hear of a 390 bull being killed, and I'm not sure what unit was in. I heard. I haven't seen any pictures. Haven't. I, I mean, and, and I could be totally talking out, you know, my ear right now. I don't even know if that's true. Or we just heard there was a, a really solid bull that was killed. Um, we've been hunting a really, really good bull, and haven't been able to put it yet to put it together on him. Um, but other than that, uh, you know friends and family and people, locals that have tags, uh, been been pretty tough. I mean, there's been a number of really, you know, solid bulls killed, you know, the 330 to 350 bulls, but I haven't heard of any really, really big giants being shot, um, you know, which there's a couple days left and, and, you know, stuff. Like I said, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't hunt the first part of over here in Arizona. I was in New Mexico, but now that I'm back, um, I'm helping and trying to get, we only have one guy left, and, and we're trying to, 
you know, get this bull killed if we can. And, um, you know, the trophy hunts that, that follow these archery elk hunts, I think will be pretty good. I mean, I've seen some really good vocalization since I've been back over in Arizona. I mean, much, you know, I, I mean, these timber units, these higher units, elevations seem that you see a lot higher rut. But, I mean, just here in the last two hours, um, I'm getting ready to go out this evening, and I've noticed the wind's already starting to really pick up. So I don't know the wind. You know, at first I thought was it the hurricanes because we've had all this really off weather, you know, down in the Gulf and all this stuff. And then I thought, is that kicking some of this stuff up out? Or, you know, there's there's been some, you know, all this really turbulent weather. Now, you know, watching your guys' posts on Instagram and different things, and obviously the north is getting, I've seen all these early snow pictures of people, you know, yeah. rutting and it's snowing, and I see Colorado, and I see Idaho, and people have these dead bucks in the early muzzleloader hunts up in Utah, and it, the boulders got snow on it, the beavers got snow on it. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, Wow, so everybody's getting kind of a little winter blast up there, and we're down here baking at 85 degrees, you know. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's amazing. I'm in Jackson, Wyoming right now, and, you know, spent six days up there in north of Bozeman, Montana, and we had, you know, snow on the ground, had, you know, blowing wind, had definitely something that this Arizona desert rat isn't really used to. I know you living over in eastern Arizona, you're used to it, but... Uh, uh, it was a little bit of a shocker for me, but uh, we had really good bugling, and um, here in Wyoming, uh, where I'm at, it's real close to the Teton National Park, and the elk have been really, really bugling. I actually just, as we're sitting here talking, have about a herd of 18 cows and a, and a bull that have been kind of wandering around the neighborhood, and he's raking trees. I'm looking at him right now about 70 yards out my window, but uh, um, yeah, it's it, it's from what I've heard in Arizona, um, you know, I haven't heard of any real, real giants. I did hear of a 417 bull, um, a, a, that flared-out bull that, that spent so much time in Unit 9 that, you know, was like 50 inches wide. Um, right. Big, big, uh, big bull um, did get killed. I'd never heard if it was 9 or 7 or where that bull ended up getting killed, but I saw a picture of it. Um and I haven't heard of anything really, really big. A uh, couple nice bulls out of Unit 10, you know, 370, 380 type bulls. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's. I have a buddy yeah, that's hunting know. up north right now, and he's he said the rut's been pretty slow up north where they're at. And I believe he's yeah, hunting maybe 10, even, and you know he said they're glassing a lot of the bulls that are hunting there too. Right. Well, if it's windy in New Mexico, it's windy in Arizona because it, our prevailing winds come from Arizona. And typically, if, if where I where we hunt in New Mexico is if it's windy in this country, it's windy all the way up to Flagstaff and everything. So yeah. anything that comes up over the muggy on rim, you know, you have all that heat that comes out of, you know, out of the desert, and it rises up over the mountain. And when it comes down the other side, I mean, that's where we get our winds. But that's typically more of a spring deal. And usually our 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 falls are just beautiful, you know, like the quake and aspens, you get up there and it's just the leaves are fluttering a little bit and stuff. But I mean, this stuff is like, you know, I tell people, you know, be careful in the burns because you're going to, there's going to be timber falling. I mean, this has been gusting hard winds, not, not just breezes. I mean, this is like blowing hard conditions that, and you know as well, as I mean, it's very hard to hunt in the wind. The wind, I mean, if you have a bull spotted and located, I actually love it if right. you're on a stock because it, it masks so much of your sound. 
But if you're trying to listen for bulls and you're in thick country, I was hunting pretty lowland country where I didn't have a lot of vantage points, and I really needed elk to talk to really move on elk, and it made it very difficult. But, um, I mean, I had full dust storms, like giant dust storms, where I was at in New Mexico to where I couldn't even hardly see at times because the dust was so bad, and it was filling all my gear with grit and... Um, uh, it was, it was, I mean, we were finding shelter getting out of the winds in the middle of the day, you know? <laughs> so now I understand, um, if anybody's out there listening and they have a unit one early rifle or a unit 27 or, uh, rifle tag, um, that you do have some openings, um, as well. So make sure to get a hold of Jeff. If you're still looking for a guide at the last minute, he's got some nice bulls picked out in both of those units. And, um, uh, any any last bit of uh, wisdom you'll pass to those early rifle hunters that are you know probably heading to camp here uh, today? Yeah, they're all going to be coming. Usually, you get the the wave of them that come up on the last few days of the archery hunt. You'll see a lot of people start showing up. Well, they're there to start scouting for the next hunt because it starts the day after. And uh, we had a guy booked and, and for a specific hunt over here, and uh, some other things happened, and he ended up not being able to come. So we have an opening. Um, you know, we'd, we'd like to find a unit one trophy hunter, you know, at times you get those a lot more than others. And, uh, you know, cause there's only what five non-resident tags in the hunt and a lot of guys, you know, hunted on their own, of course. Um, but we have a really good bull located that we've been hunting and, and so we're kind of looking for a, you know, somebody that has that one unit one, uh, trophy, uh, rifle hunt. So, Sounds well, actually, I, I now I'm trying to say if it's trophy or rifle or muzzleloader. Um, one thing I would say to the um, guys listening, if you do have an early rifle hunt in Arizona or you're going to help out on an early rifle hunt, remember that there's still archers in the field. And, you know, those, like Jeff was saying, those last couple days of the archer hunt, I mean, it's getting serious crunch time for those archers. And if you put yourself in their position, the last thing you need is guys traipsing around the woods, blowing calls and blowing out the elk. So try and be yep. courteous to your other, you know, your fellow hunter out there. You know, get up on glassing knobs, look from afar. You know, um, try to let them finish out their hunt and be courteous to others um, as you would want them to do to you. And um, I see it every year the, the early rifle guys and their, you know, guys helping them. Everybody's excited and and that's great and to have the energy and all of that. But just remember, there's other guys out there hunting. Try and be courteous. You know, try and let them have their time in the field. They're getting down to the to the wire, and it's getting intense. And, you know, sometimes that creates situations where, you know, you have controversies and what have you. So try and shy away from that and, and um, you know, help those archers out. You know, if you can glass for them and help them get them killed and, you know, help them pack bulls out, whatever, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer what goes around comes around. Um, Jeff, well, yeah, that's really uh, good thanks. advice, Jay, you know, because you've got to, that courtesy goes a long way, you know, because there'll be a day where you're out on that hunt, and, you know, when you come in there, it's nice, it's okay to go scout and look at the water holes and do what you're doing and get up and glass, but there are people in the woods still, and uh, we have seen a lot of the calling stuff happen this year. I mean, lots of people walking around tooting a lot of calls. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I always say a call should be like a driver's license. They should make you take a class and all kinds of stuff 
before make before sure you're qualified. Your call. <laughs> you have to yeah. be qualified uh, to use the call. But no, it's funny. part of the game. But I've always said that. I said, man, they need a license to have a call. But license anyway, to call. I like it. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> why don't you give the listeners some that that haven't heard you on the podcast before? Why don't you give them? Uh, the way that they can get a hold of you. And, and I highly encourage, if anyone's looking at hunts in New Mexico, both draw and landowner, uh, Jeff has his, a way of get, getting a hold of uh, guaranteed tags. If you're looking for an elk hunt, a deer hunt, antelope hunt uh, in New Mexico or Arizona, uh, he works that eastern, you know, 1 in 27 really hard, and, and that uh, bunch of those Gila units and a bunch of those New Mexico units, make sure to get a hold of them. Jeff, why don't you tell the listeners how they can do that? Uh, you can find us by going to Hunt. That's H-U-N-T hard, H-A-R-D.com. So hunthard.com. Um, we sell gear and apparel as well. And then just go to the outfitter section. Um, that's the best way, you know, you can email us. But the best way, uh, either contact us, you know, you, uh, you know, we have Facebook, of course, at Hunt Hard and our Instagram is hunt hard lower slash gear. And the best way during season or anything is to text me. I mean, when I was in the wilderness, I came out, I had like 11 messages and my phone is full. And I swear every time I get back to my phone, I, I try to clear it off, but my phone gets full. It won't let you leave a message. So we just say, you know, to text me at, you know, my phone number is 928-245-2668. And, uh, you know, that's the best way to text us during, you know, if you're ever, you know, looking for, you know, information or whatever on, on, on a hunt or whatever, that's the best way, of course, to get a hold of us. So, Sounds good, buddy. We'll knock them, dead, knock them dead on those um, firearms hunts in New Mexico and Arizona, and um, uh, we'll probably be chatting at you before the uh, late rifle hunts uh, are coming up later in the season. So, uh, God bless you, and, and keep uh, keep pounding it out there, okay? Okay, Jay, appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, take care. All right, see ya.